I'm cultivating mass. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Well, good afternoon. This is Adam Mack with the Let's Get Weird podcast. I'm recording today on March 9th. It is 12.30 in the afternoon and I've just left Red Deer. I'm on my way right now to pick up uh, Scott Porteous and then connect with the one and only Scott Belford on our way down to Redcliffe, Alberta for the first uh, show on our tour this week. So obviously right off the hop here, i got to apologize for the sound quality. Uh, usually I record at home with my nice uh, microphone, but tonight, or uh, today, sorry, I didn't have time. So I'm actually just recording on my phone on the drive down because uh, things are running a little late today. So I wasn't sure how hectic we're going to be uh, between shows over the next couple weeks. I wasn't sure if I'd have time to set up my laptop and get all my recording gear out. I did bring it with me. Um, maybe I can get some interviews with the other guys um, over the next couple days here, which would be awesome. But I wasn't confident that I'd get a chance to set everything up before Wednesday. So this episode's going live on uh, Wednesday, March 11th. But again, today is March 9th. It's Monday. Um... Yeah, where should we start? I'm going to be hopefully not too distracted as I drive. Um, But hey, it's hands-free, so there's nothing wrong there, right? Right. Okay. Um, First, let me start off by talking about this tour a little bit. um, And then we can dive into some pop culture news. Um, You know, when I was growing up, I was always told, you know, like, act like you've been there before kind of thing, you know, like in sports when it came to, like, winning a big game or scoring a big goal or anything, right? Like, I was always told to really tone down my celebrations, you know? Never show that you're too excited for a big goal. Act like it's just, you know, you score 50 goals a year. This is no big deal. It's just back to work on the next shift, right? Or you win a big game, like, don't celebrate too hard. You got another big game tomorrow, you know, all this sort of stuff, right? So I was always told to keep my emotions you know, in check when it came to excitement. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's how I should be with this comedy tour that I'm going on. But uh, I really don't want to. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. This is a big step in my career. Uh, My first, like, legitimate comedy tour that I'm going on as a stand-up comedian. And, yeah, it's a big deal. Um, I've worked a lot of road shows before. You know, I'm based out of Red Deer right now. I've I've gone to BC for some shows. I go down to Calgary and Edmonton quite often. Um, you know, like, in that regard, I guess, you know, like, I, I hit the road. But this will be, like, my first time, you know, hitting the road with a couple of big headliners. And, uh, yeah, we got 10 shows in 11 days across Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Edmont- and Alberta. Sorry, I almost said Edmonton. But, uh, no, it's a really big deal, and I've put in a lot of hard work over the last, you know, four and a half years. I, uh, I took a year off in the middle there. I went to, to BC for work for a bit, you know, got to pay the bills. And uh, I'm going to have to continue to work and pay the bills for, you know, a few more years yet, and, and that's fine. Like, I know 
that's all part of the journey, right? But uh, no, this is a big deal, and I'm really excited. And I'm I'm proud of myself, and and I'm really looking forward to it. So I guess the format of this show, this tour, sorry, is uh, you know we're gonna be going to all these little small towns, <coughs> and uh, you know there's the three of us, the two Scots and myself, the ASS tour, as I like to call it. Adam, Scott, and Scott. Um, but yeah, we're each going to be doing 30 minutes, give or take. And uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, we did a show together, the three of us, at Yuck Yucks in Calgary last week. Just kind of a little warm-up kickoff to the tour. Um, it was our first time, the three of us, all performing together. I've performed with Scott Porteous uh, quite a few times over the years. Um... Scott Belford, though, that was my first time performing with him. Um, I've seen him several times. He's been through Red Deer, and I always catch him when he's in town. Hilarious guy. Um, of course, he and I did the uh, roast battle at Yuck Yucks back in December together. Uh, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, uh, our paths in the tournament never crossed, so I never got to actually perform with him, but I guess technically we were on the same show together that night. Although I do think that, you know, roast material isn't really a true reflection of uh, the kind of comedy that one does. Uh, For the most part, I like to pick on myself, do some self-deprecating stuff. Um, So roast battles are really, to be quite honest, quite out of my comfort zone. Um, I just like doing them because it's, you know, it is an opportunity to really challenge myself when it comes to writing. Um, But I can talk about the roast battles at more length at another time. Um, I am currently, as of recording this, the current uh, roast battle champion in Calgary. Um, unfortunately, the next, uh, you know, they, they do these competitions monthly, basically. But uh, the next one happens to be scheduled for this Friday, March 13th. And uh, I'm going to be in Manitoba on this tour, so I won't get a chance to uh, make my first title defense. Um, but it's still going to be a good show. Uh, Sam Walker versus Simon Glassman in the uh, finals. They're going to, I guess, do kind of a kind of an interim belt, interim championship while uh, I'm away. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting back and and uh, hashing it out with whoever wins out of those guys in uh, April when I'm back in when back in the uh, regular flow of things. So that's kind of the current state of where my my current comedy journey is. Um, yeah, so looking forward to hitting the road. Sorry, I'm just merging onto the highway here outside of Innisfail. So I'm just a uh, little distracted from the recording as I focus on the traffic patterns and just make sure I do a safe merge here. But uh, looks like the coast is clear beautiful day to be hitting the road I'd say there's not a cloud in the sky but there is, there's a couple clouds but it's not overcast or anything like that just a couple of white streaks it's nice, it's a nice day, the roads are clear it's beautiful Uh, hopefully that wind turbulence is uh, not driving you guys nuts if it is, well I'm going to listen to it and if it's too bad, I'm just going to end the podcast here and if that's the case, 
Uh, Thanks for having a listen. Sorry this has been a short episode this week. Uh, Next week might be short as well uh, because I will still be on tour when that one launches, so I'm going to have to find some time to uh, set up my gear and record, but hopefully the sound uh, quality will be better on that one. But, uh, yeah, in case the sound quality isn't bad, let's uh, continue a little bit and talk about kind of what's going on with some pop culture. So, first and foremost, I'm going to start with the season finale, or maybe series finale, probably series finale, of The Outsider on HBO. That's that Stephen King uh, adaptation. Uh, I've been raving about this show since it's been on. I loved every minute of it. Uh, the season finale was, uh, I, I, again, I don't know with this podcast how deep into spoilers I want to get just yet. Um, I mean, in theory, the idea of this show is to make recommendations for people and say, hey, you might not have heard of this, but if you're looking for something to watch this weekend, go check this out. So if I get too into the spoilers, right? would be like, well, thanks for recommending a show and then ruining how it ended, right? But I guess on the other hand, some people might come and find this and kind of just want to hang out with me and socialize about shows that they love, right? So if they're already familiar with the show, they might uh, they might want to really dive into the weeds with me a little bit. So I don't know really what course of action I want to take. Um, you know, still at zero listeners, holding solid at zero. So, it's basically just a stream of consciousness, but that's okay. I, uh, I'm basically just approaching my social media presence, not as a, you know, a look into my life or anything like that for strangers or for quote-unquote fans. Um, I basically just want to document the journey I'm on and, uh, you know, just so like my grandkids, you know, 50 years have something to look back on and go, you know what? Grandpa was pretty cool. He was a pretty good guy. You know, he treated grandma really well. And, uh, man, he went for it. He never made it as a comedian or maybe he did. Who knows? Right. But they're going to say, you know what? Grandpa went for it and I got to respect him for that. Right. So my grandkids are listening to this and it's, you know, the year 2070 and the coronavirus hasn't killed us all. And uh, I love you kids. Make sure you do your homework. And, uh, yeah, take care of your mom. But, uh, anyways, sorry, it's a little sidetracked there. Um, yeah, but in all honesty, uh, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool. Like, you know, I, I see some of my friends, they, you know, they share their photos of you know, their grandfather or their grandmother or whatever from the different world wars back in the day. And, you know, some of them have, have some pretty cool photos, right? And, uh, like, my grandfather fought in the war. and But I don't really have too many photos of him or anything like that. And, uh, I mean, if, if my grandfather, heck, if my dad had a podcast when he was 30, I mean, I would love nothing more than to time travel and meet my dad when he was 30 and just to hang out with them. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, a topic for another day. Um, so back to this, the show, 
The Outsider. Uh, the finale was phenomenal. Um, I was a little bit worried. I mean, the gist of the show is, you know, spoiler alert. You know, this group of reluctant come-togethers uh, come together and uh, face off against an evil force, right? And, uh, and I was just, I was worried about how it was all going to end, you know, because a lot of times those kind of shows or books or whatever it is, whatever the piece of content may be, um, a lot of times those things, you know, they're great for the buildup and the anticipation, but then the actual conclusion is quite anticlimactic. And, uh, honestly, this felt really good. It was a satisfying ending. Uh, definitely recommend it to anybody. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's one of those shows where, like, I legitimately, you know, by the second or third episode, I was like, uh, I gotta check all the rooms in my house and make sure I'm here alone. You know, make sure the door is locked. You know, I can't watch it in total darkness. I gotta leave, like, the kitchen light on or whatever. You know, a bit of a baby in that way, but... No, I really did enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm not really usually a horror thriller type consumer, but but uh, that was a lot of fun. I, uh, I apologize for the sound check here in a second. I'm just going to double check that my phone is actually recording. Yeah, it looks like it's recording. Okay, sorry. If you hear some jostling in my pocket. That's all it was. Um... Yeah, what else? Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, episode 8. That was, like... I don't often laugh out loud during TV shows. Um, but yeah, I laughed out loud probably six or seven times in that episode last night. Uh, the Kramer impression right off the bat. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm ready. Ooh, I, I can't even do it. I'm going to probably cut that part out just now. That Kramer impression, though, was was so good, and, uh, I don't know, it was just, it was great, they've all got such good relationships on that show, like, I mean, I don't mean that, and, like, everybody's good to each other, but I mean the way they all relate and connect with each other is very entertaining, it's very well written, superbly acted, and, uh, John Hamm, speaking of well acted, John, John Hamm, is that not his name? I know it's John. Why am I saying Ham? If it's not Ham, I feel like an idiot. Why am I second guessing that it's John Ham now? The guy from Mad Men. <laughs> and Skip the Dishes. He's in Skip the Dishes commercials now. But, uh, yeah, John Ham. They've been kind of teasing him that he would have an appearance in this season of Curb, kind of for a long time. And this is the first glimpse we've got of John Ham. Um, yeah, he's doing kind of a Larry David type role for an upcoming movie, so he's hanging out with Larry and and uh, learning his mannerisms and his kind of personality. And you know, through the course of the episode, you know, you start to see like uh, initially he's just taking notes. He's a keen observer, the fly on the wall type. You know, and then by the middle of the episode, when when him and Larry get kicked out of the dinner party just like their body language like John Hamm did such a great job you know with his Larry David impression and then by the end of the episode you know he's got the glasses on 
he's going for coffee with Cheryl's at Mocha Joe's and you know as soon as they sit down like it's just so well written because you don't see that oh he's going to be Larry David you think oh he's just gonna hook up with Larry's ex or whatever right like alright cool how is this gonna resolve until they sit down at Mocha Joe's and as soon as you see that wobbly table you know oh yeah this this is where this is going and it delivers on that it is John Hamm as Larry David like it was a perfect step in like everything I mean the whole coffee thing with dipping my nose in it to see that it's not too hot like that's a, that's a bit of a stretch for me even for a Larry David character but everything else about like the wobbly coffee or about the wobbly table was great the uh, the conversation with Mocha Joe about the scone and Mocha's, Mocha Joe's like oh do you want to you know return the or do you want to exchange it or whatever he's like no I'll keep the muffin and Joe's like yeah it's a scone he's like yeah it's a muffin and just the, the whole back and forth was just right on point. It was like prime Kirby enthusiasm. This has been such a rejuvenation all season. I've loved every minute of it. If you haven't watched Kirby Enthusiasm before, I mean, go back to season one and start there. You're going to enjoy the next 200 hours of your life. But uh, if you can't invest that much time, just go back to the start of season 10. I mean, it's not that deep of a story. You don't really need to know everybody's backstory to appreciate how freaking bizarre and weird it is. But there's nothing else like it on TV. And, yeah, it's just... It's amazing. So, that is my uh, little HBO review, I guess. Those are the two things on my mind. Those are the two shows I watched last night before bed. That's kind of been my tradition as I watch The Outsider and give myself a little bit of the creeps. And then I watch Kirby Enthusiasm to kind of release the tension before I can fall asleep. So it works out good. I have no nightmares. Um, what else? I guess the, the coronavirus is a big thing going on right now. Uh, I do think it's a, a matter of when, not if, it comes to Alberta. Like, I mean, I guess technically it's already here. As of recording this morning, there's, you know, like seven confirmed cases or something in Alberta. But, uh, I mean, it's going to it's gonna come here and it's it's going to suck and whatever. But I, I do think this panic is blown out of proportions. Like, you know, uh, you're seeing people flood those supermarkets and stockpiling on toilet paper and, and all that nonsense. Like, it's, it is a little ridiculous. I don't think... You know, the hysteria kind of fuels itself and it becomes a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. But, uh, ooh, man, it's kind of loud on the road. I apologize for the sound quality, guys. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's going to come here, you know, and people are going to die, like, and that's unfortunate. But I have, like, a rule in life, like, I, I don't... I don't uh, cry when old people die or when adults die unless I know them. If I know them, it's a different story, right? Like if someone in the family dies, if my mom or dad or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or anything like that or a cousin passes away, like, yes, it's absolutely tragic and, you know, full rights you have to, to mourn, you know, when people close to you pass away. Right? But I'm talking about strangers. 
Like when a full-grown stranger dies, I like I can't cry over that. You know, like sometimes you hear these stories and they're really emotional news pieces, right? And it's like, oh, such and such, you know, loving father, and he was a good member of the community, and blah blah blah, and like, oh, he was so young, and then you read, and it's like, oh, he was 37. Like that's that guy had a full life. Like I'm 31. If I die right now, recording this podcast, you know, like. I would trade people dying at 37 for no children ever dying. I do. I do get sad when uh, when you hear, when I hear stories about strangers that I don't know if they're kids. You know, if they're 16, or 17, or younger. And yeah, I know 18 is an arbitrary number. Okay, but I grew up. Uh, I don't know if I even want to get into that story right now. It's going to bum me out. And that's not... That's not what this is for. Sorry, I didn't just tear up. I actually just kind of hiccuped and burped at the same time. And it kind of just made my voice break. But, uh... Yeah. Anyways, let's kind of change the subject, eh? Coronavirus. (laughs) Um, I do think it's going to affect the economy. I do think we're going to see layoffs... Uh, more places than just airlines. Um, and I do think that that is going to be the big impact of this uh, pandemic. And let's not lie to ourselves. That's what it is. It's a pandemic. This is a, uh, you know, a global incident at this point, right? Um, but let's tie it back into kind of what this podcast is all about. Uh, with pop culture and video games and everything like that. I do think that we're going to see a lot of cancellations on, uh, uh, you know, pop culture conventions, you know, this summer. Be it uh, like a San Diego Comic-Con or E3, right? Like a lot of those things where it's just, you know, let's, let's have, you know, thousands of people from all over the world pack a tiny little assembly hall, and I know it's not tiny, right, but like, when it's that full, it feels tiny, right, but when you got all those people, and they're elbow to elbow, and, you know, they're all taking selfies together, or like at gaming conventions, like this is the real, the real uh, issue, I think, is E3, that's the, uh, the video game convention, where, you know, all the consoles and the game developers go and showcase their, their new consoles, or their new games that they have coming up. You know, there's always a lot of big announcements at them. There's a lot of demos for games. So, like, yeah, we're going to have thousands of people from all over the world come together and then share a controller to play a demo of the new Legend of Zelda or FIFA or whatever. Like, that that has bad idea written all over it. Um... I mean, as of right now, E3 hasn't announced any plans to cancel. But, like, it absolutely has to be canceled, right? Like, what I'm saying is, if I had plans to go to E3 this year, I would be nervous. Not, like, nervous, like, oh, I'm going to catch coronavirus. I would be nervous that it's going to be canceled, and I'm going to have an open week on my schedule with nothing to do. So... I don't know. I do think it's going to get canceled, though. Um, we've, I mean, E3 is dying. 
I think in the next five years, regardless, E3 isn't going to exist anymore in at least the form that it currently exists, you know, a big convention like this. Um, but I think if it does get cancelled, and, you know, I do think it will, that uh, it, it won't ever happen again. I don't think it's going to recover next year. Um, because here's the thing with E3. Is if you're a game studio, you know, your whatevergamestudio.com, and you've got a new video game that you want to reveal at E3... Like, it costs literally millions of dollars to book floor space at E3. We're talking, like, $5, $10 million for a company like EA or Blizzard or any of these companies to, to book floor space where they can show off and demo and, and have presentations and whatever, right? After this year, like, it's going to get cancelled. All these game studios all these developers, they're still going to make their announcements, right? Like, no one is going to have a hot new game that's coming out this Christmas and they were planning on revealing at E3. No one is going to say, well, I guess we're just not going to release this game now, right? They're still going to release it. They've already spent millions of dollars developing it. They're going to release it, obviously. So they're going to have to get the word out. So... You know, companies like Nintendo have been doing this for a few years now with uh, Nintendo Directs, where they basically do like a 20-minute, 40-minute uh, video that, you know, they release onto YouTube and, and whatever. And that's essentially their E3 presentation, but they don't, I mean, they do announcements at E3, and that is usually their fullest Nintendo Direct, but they have them four or five or six times a year where they make a bunch of announcements, and they just release it onto... YouTube and they, you know, put a post on Twitter and then all the blogging nerds and everybody like me, we all talk about it and like the word gets out and that costs, I mean, there's the production cost of filming the Nintendo Direct, but otherwise like the distribution costs for that uh, piece of news is basically zero, right? as opposed to spending millions of dollars at E3 on some floor space, right? So I think you're going to see a lot of studios this year go that route, where they go, okay, we have a big game announcement that we wanted to make at E3. You know, the writing's on the wall, so they still have, you know, three or four months to develop some sort of a presentation that instead of happening live in a, you know, in a big presentation hall, that they can just film and and make their announcement that way, right? It's going to be pennies on the dollar compared to the cost of going to E3. And, you know, I think after this year, they're going to see, like, you know what? The reach was just as effective, you know? Like, our, our game still got out there with, you know, uh, I don't know. I just think in 2021, you know, hopefully the coronavirus is, is dealt with and gone, but if conventions like E3, you know, want to make a, another run at it next year, I think if they're going to be charging $5, $10 million for some floor space, I, you know, Sony's already backed out. You know, they've already pulled out of this year's E3. And that, I think they pulled out of last year's E3 as well. But, like, they're launching a freaking console this year. The PS5, the PlayStation 5 is coming out this year. 
and they're not going to E3. Like, this is, you know, the biggest kind of opportunity for them to to make a big splash. And they're saying, basically, you know what? We don't need it. We don't need E3. And I think they're absolutely right. But with Sony already out, you know, and with other developing studios and smaller companies pulling out basically, like, nonstop, you know, it seems like every couple months you hear of another company pulling out or announcing they're not coming or announcing this is going to be their last year or whatever. You know, I do really think that... uh, by 2021, I think the whole thing's going to have to fold because, you know, who's going to want to buy tickets to go if there's, you know, just a few smaller studios and, you know, a small presence from whatever. Like, I don't know. I just, I think the whole thing's going to fold. And it's, it's unfortunate, but I think that uh, the, the E3 as a brand can continue to exist. But I think what they're going to need to do is, you know, figure out a new a new strategy of what exactly they are. They need to really pivot and uh, become something else if they want to survive. But uh, anyways, that's just my my opinion. That's my two cents. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. I I think I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, I could go on for a bit more. I know there's some other news I want to talk about, but... You know, I got a coffee sitting in my cup holder, and it's getting cold because I didn't want to be slurping it while I'm talking, so, and I didn't want to go back into editing after and edit out, you know, every sip of coffee that I took. So if I just keep talking, I mean, I'm going to get to Calgary soon. My coffee's going to be ice cold, and who wins in that situation? Nobody, right? I got the good people of Red Cliff, Alberta, depending on me to be well-fed, well-caffeinated, and ready to go tonight. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Uh, one thing I do, I do want to just say in terms of like pop culture news, just before I go, I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't say anything about it. Westworld Season 3 this Sunday, season premiere. Holy shitballs. Um, I can't believe more people aren't talking about Westworld. It's an epic on HBO. Like, Game of Thrones gets so much hype nonstop. And most people I talk to still, like, haven't watched a single season of of Westworld. I mean, season two, yes, was a misstep. It's still good. It was like an eight and a half, eight out of ten. But season one was like 14 out of ten. Like, it was amazing. I mean, it's a, it's a smart show, and that's my, maybe where it goes wrong, is it's it's a complicated show, it's complex, and it can be hard to follow. Like, there are some great twists and some great reveals, and maybe people just don't have the energy or the brain power to follow along. You know, it's one of those shows, like, most of my media that I consume, you know, I'm second screening, okay? Like, while I'm watching it, I'm also on my phone, or while I'm watching it, I'm also writing jokes, or while I'm watching it, I'm also playing Nintendo, or whatever the case may be, right? But some shows, and like The Outsider was one of them, before that, uh, The Watchmen last winter, or this past winter, was also one of those shows. Huh, both on HBO. Coincidence? I think not. But these are shows where 
you know, for an hour every Sunday for two and a half months, I just know, all right, well, for this hour, I'm putting my phone down and I'm paying attention. So with Westworld, I'm definitely going to be talking about that in depth on this podcast. So if you're, if you don't want spoilers, like go back and watch season one and two now. But if you don't want spoilers, don't listen. I'll give you spoiler warnings. We can, you know, you can skip ahead 30 seconds or I'm going to spoil it for more than 30. But we're going to have a bit of a deep dive discussion on, you know, what we think is going on. Because it's just one of those shows that, like, you watch, but the actual hour you spend watching is just a small portion of what consuming this story entails, right? So we're going to really get into that. Um, not this week, sorry, not, uh, this week coming up like this next week's podcast. Why did I have to say it in the most complicated way ever? I don't know. So this episode is live today, March 11th. The next episode that goes up will be March 18th. And that will be following the first episode of season three of Westworld. I'm not going to talk about it until the 25th and I'll talk about the first two episodes in that episode or in that ugh, I gotta figure out a different way to talk about this because I'm gonna say episode too many times and it's gonna drive me nuts <sighs> my point being is unfortunately I'm not gonna get an opportunity to watch episode one of Westworld because I'll be on tour I think I'm in Saskatoon that night so I'm not going to get to watch season three of Westworld premiere on time, but I will be watching it once my tour is over on the 20th. So I'm going to watch it then. I'll watch episode two on the uh, 22nd or whatever date that might be. And then we'll talk about it on the next edition of the podcast. So if you're wondering what's up for next week's podcast, I don't know yet. I'm hoping to do an interview with either of the Scots or maybe both of them. Maybe both of them separately. Maybe both of them together. I don't know. Maybe I'll space it out over a couple weeks. But that is uh, basically it. I've had a great time talking to you guys. I'm really looking forward to this tour. Um, Yeah, wish me luck. Good luck to all of you and your endeavors. Again, if my grandkids are listening, I love you. I hope we got to hang out and throw a ball around or build puzzles, or whatever the fuck you guys do in your cyber age. I hope I was able to keep up with you. All right. Thank you so much. I'm Adam Mack, and we'll talk to you next week.